What the fuck is going on, degenerates? We're so happy to have you back. As always, we're gonna get we're gonna be talking about the biggest piece of news out there, possibly the biggest piece of news we've had all season, the Deshaun Watson rumors. We're also going to be giving you some deflex plays for those that are missing key players to this monstrous bye week. We're going to be giving you some DFS advice and, of course, going to the listeners to answer the mailbag. I can't do it all alone. I am joined, as always, by the dynasty degenerate, Mr. Steve and Samson, the DFS degenerate, Mr. Eric DeFusco, the commissioner himself. I am Brian Moran, your redraft degenerate. How are you boys doing? Good, Brian. What is up, Degenerates? We are into week seven. Thursday night game coming up, and nobody cares because everybody on those teams are hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here to tell you who to start during the apocalypse this weekend for the Sunday-Monday games. Um, I hope you're sitting down because some of these might shock you. Oh, they're ugly. But uh, we, we, we've dug deep. We've looked hard. And uh, I hope you like what we come up with. How you doing, Eric? I'm doing good. And I just, I want to say this. You want to know what, like, the dumbest fucking thing about this bye week apocalypse is? Bye apocalypse. There's two teams on bye next week. Yep. Why don't they just do four and four instead of six and two? Like, I'm no mathematician, but I don't know. (laughs) It makes a little more sense to me, at least. Just get it out of the way, right? Um. So, I mean, obviously, uh, we're happy to have the listeners back. And to all of our listeners, obviously, if you guys have been listening, you're aware we are having a giveaway for our Patreon subscribers. We're going to be giving away an autographed Lawrence Taylor helmet from Steve's personal collection. This baby is hanging in the middle of his fucking living room. It's gorgeous. The metallic blue helmet, signed in white ink, New York Giants, classic, one of the greatest of all times, and that helmet can be yours if you join our Patreon. You can find the link on our website, ggmutagenerates.com, and you've joined the $5 tier, you get one entry, $10 tier, two entries, $15 tier, three entries. Lawrence Taylor helmet, not to be confused with Trevor Lawrence. I, I know that uh, they're very comparable players. Yeah, um, almost the same caliber. Almost the same caliber. Uh, one's you know played twenty years ago and was a Hall of Fame talent. One's playing now and has a lot of work to do to even <laughs> attend a, a Hall of Fame induction. So yeah, I'm not even sure they let him buy a ticket at this point. <laughs> one one of them's considered a generational prospect, and one of them, pending who you ask, is considered the greatest football player of all time. Yep. Yep. So obviously, if you can win that helmet for five bucks, you are making out like a bandit. And if you join our Patreon, you obviously help the show. You obviously help us. And we are eternally grateful. So we want to get back to our listeners. We're happy to have you. And please don't forget to get entered. Somebody has to win this, and it could be you. So that is enough of the pleasantries. Speaking of the listeners, I don't see any reason why we can't start with the mailbag, right? Absolutely. The mailbag. So first, we have an email from friend of the show, Shane. He actually signed his email, Shane the Champ. What a douche. And uh, 
He said, you ain't going to be the champ this year. Nope. <laughs> That's <laughs> I'm, I'm, favorite. Hey, I'm about to send the money to Adisa and say, congratulations, <laughs> bud. Yeah. You won. <laughs> so uh, he won the Degenerates League last year, in case anybody was wondering what the hell we're talking about. Uh, he question. beat me because of a kicker. Yep. Uh, I traded Antonio Brown, Antonio Gibson, and Noah Fant. I received Christian McCaffrey and Jacoby Myers. What do you guys think of the trade? I mean, Eric, you're the Gibson guy. You've been a little more afraid of him lately. Uh, obviously, Fant has not lived up to expectations. Antonio Brown's a big piece, though. Like, is he kind of banking a little too much on Christian McCaffrey referring? Returning back Fuck to form? no. I would have done that trade in a heartbeat. Oh, I would have too. Don't get me wrong. I, I think it, it was a great trade. And like, I want to just slip this in. So I was talking to him. I'm sure Brian, you were too. And Steve possibly. Um, oh, yeah. Yep. Before this, like this was before the IR stint for McCaffrey. This is before Gibson's in and out charades Sunday and playing uh, Kansas City. So this was before any of that was known. And because the trade was accepted so late, like uh, Shane was still able to use Gibson this week. So even though McCaffrey went to IR, he really does. He's really only missing him for two games, mm-hmm. not three, because he wouldn't have been able to use him anyways. Yep. I, I understand Antonio Brown's been great. I believe he's a top fifteen wide receiver right now. He's been playing fantastic. Can't take that away from the man. Fant hasn't been like you said. He hasn't been playing great. He's been okay. And I know, see, I know his team, and I know part of the reason why he traded Fant was because he had Dawson Knox. Mm-hmm. Now that's not looking too good. Who also now has a hand. broken hand. <laughs> yeah, and so he might really be missing, missing Fant. Yeah, you can. He can string together some guys, but I would make that trade one hundred times out of a hundred. As far as Gibson goes, I haven't been quiet. It's only a matter of time before Washington shuts him down. If I am trying so hard to move him, I am taking scraps. Nobody wants him. I don't know if it's because people are onto it. Probably. I probably wouldn't want him either. But some of the trades I offered, I was like, ah. and looking at the teams, I'm like, fuck, I'd give him up to take a chance. You never know. Yeah. I'm not asking for much for some of these teams. Like, it's kind of it's kind of mind boggling. Yeah. I mean, Steven, what do you think about you know, I mean, we're basically talking Antonio Brown and. So I was on the other side of that trade when I talked to Shane um, McCaffrey. When I talked to him, McCaffrey had already been back on IR, but Gibson had not played. So I was on the Gibson side, keeping the players he had because I like having Knox and Fant because you, you can start Fant this week while Knox is on the bye. If something happens, either one, you still have the other one. And Antonio Brown has been startable every week. So I would I would have rather had Gibson for as long as I could because at least I knew I would get him most likely till week nine, maybe after that, but at least at least till then with McCaffrey. He may do the three weeks IR, come back and we hurt his hamstring again. So I, I'm I'm all done with McCaffrey. But at this point, I don't know where I stand on the trade with now where Gibson's at with re-aggravating that. Um, I think I'd probably still rather have the Gibson fan and, and AB side, just knowing what I know now about the other players involved. So and I texted him the same thing. I told him, I said, listen, if you believe in McCaffrey, take it. 
all day, every day. Don't even think twice. I mean, if you think he's going to come back and be Christian McCaffrey, I'm all about it, bro. But I told him, I said, listen, I personally do not believe in Christian McCaffrey. I think his the combination of his size and usage has caught up to him. And I personally am not trying to trade for Christian McCaffrey. He might come back in three weeks and be a total fucking beast and shove it down my fucking throat. And I'll have to eat the words. But I hope he I'm, does. I, I'm I'd, too I'd, scared of him. I'm too scared you know? of him. I don't want to own him. I'm too scared of him. No, I don't either. But I, I'm happy for people that own him if he does come back and do that. Absolutely. Because yeah. I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to see him return to the player that he Yeah, because I love watching him. Right. You know? So. But that's where I was at with it. But uh, so now you got the opinion of all three degenerates, Shane. I hope you're happy. Um, you know, we might as well just do them back to back. We got a second email from him because the trade kind of created a little bit of start sit dilemma for him. He said, do I start Allen Robinson or Jacoby Myers? If Chicago plans to trade Allen Robinson, I feel they have to showcase him this week. So I think maybe we scared him with our episode, the trade talk and all that. But I mean, Eric, what do you think about starting Allen Robinson over Jacoby Myers this week? Jacoby Myers is playing the Jets and Allen Robinson is playing Tampa. Yes. I'm still playing Myers. Unless yeah. I'm shooting for the moon, unless unless like I'm down. Like I, uh, both of their games at one, four. Are you sure? Yeah, you don't know that. I believe they're both Sunday games. Yes. I yeah. I mean, I um, I meant like are they early Sunday afternoon? It it doesn't matter. Basically, what I'm saying is I'm going with Myers, unless I'm losing by a substantial margin because Allen Robinson has a bigger ceiling than Myers. Myers doesn't get in the end zone. He's kind of like safe ten to fifteen. Allen Robinson can still. 20 plus points, but it's just what has he shown you to think he's going to get that this season? It's just been bad. There's not a good football team in Chicago. Yeah, that is not a good football team. And I'm just rolling with Myers, dude. Give me the safety blanket. Scary out there. Uh, Steven? Um, I think I would take the other side. I think I'll take the chance on Robinson. Week two against the Jets, Myers only had six targets for four catches and he didn't even make 40 yards. So, well, they, they were I, dealing with a lot of short fields that week. <laughs> yep. Yep. They were. Um, but like Eric said, he still hasn't found the, the end zone. He, he is a, a good target for Mac Jones, and that may improve this week playing him for the second time. But you could see that they were trying to include Robinson a lot more last week and week five and Tampa's secondary is still soft whether or not fields is going to get the opportunity to throw with tampa's front line is a whole nother story um so i i may be wrong and i may put, be putting up another five point game like he did against cleveland but uh, at this point i'm probably if i have to make this choice between myers and robinson i, I need the upside play because if i lose this week i'm out anyways that's kind of the way i look at it mm-hmm uh, I can definitely see that. Um, I st- I think I'm still going with Jacoby Myers, though. I just don't get me wrong. I hear everything you just said, and I know that the ceiling for Robinson's higher. I don't believe they're going to quote unquote showcase him. I don't think they're capable of showcasing anybody. No, I don't think so either. Uh, they're gonna, you know, <laughs> they're gonna. He's gonna get more look. I, I guess 
I don't know that they can showcase. Like I said, I, I don't know that Fields is going to have an opportunity to throw much. They're not even using Fields, right? But No, they're not. But that's <laughs> nagging. Mean, so. Let him off the leash and fucking run. It opened up so much more, dude. Ugh. So many coaches are playing soft with these rookie QBs. Soft. Bill Belichick's one of them. He is. Probably chief among them. Soft. Oh, yeah. He's playing like a pansy. He's he's coaching not to lose. It's it's the total opposite of what, what I've watched for 20 years. He's scared. But anyways, so we also got an email from another friend of the show, Connor, one of our very first listeners. Uh, says, hello, guys. Dalvin Cook is on a bye this week. Do I start Javante Williams or Kenyon Drake? Thanks, Connor. Javante Williams is playing Cleveland, and Kenyon Drake is playing Philadelphia. I'm going to go with Williams. Williams for me as well. You'll have really? To probably, yeah. Yeah. I don't trust Drake. I don't care that he had 20 points last week. Look what he did before that. One point, two points, fucking point six. What changed? Spewing that off the top of the head. I know they got rid of the head coach. Well, he got rid of himself, I should say. (laughs) That's kind of what I'm thinking, though. Like, maybe this is, maybe this wasn't a one off for Kenyon Drake. Maybe this was a change in philosophy. Yeah, this might be a change in his usage. Philly's run defense is better um, than Better than Cleveland's? Kenyon Drake played Denver last week. Oh, I know, but Javante Williams is playing Cleveland. Right. That's not that's not a good matchup. And he's in a 50-50 split with Melvin Gordon. He is, but I still Kenyon Drake's in a 50-50 split with Josh Jacobs, so Yeah, but Kenyon Drake they, has more pass catching without, upside. They don't have no JOK and he has been Yeah. very good. And I don't think a lot of people have noticed how good he has been. He was a second round steal. Mm-hmm. That mm. kid, he's been lights out. I, I maybe I mean I'm you know over exaggerating a little bit, but he was playing really good football. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I think he was in the running for defensive player of the year. I def- defensive rookie of the year, I should say. Yeah. He was, no, he's yeah, he's been playing and fantastic. And, and losing he's excellent against the run. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland still has a pretty decent run defense, but so does Philly. And I'll take talent. And you know I've been fairly high on Kenyon Drake, but I will take Williams this week. Mm. Yeah, I just don't I, I hear what you're saying. I, I I just don't I, – I think I'd rather take Kenyon Drake, who I think's role is a little more defined, rather than roll out there with Javonta Williams, who really hasn't showed me anything. You know, as much as, much as we can shit on what Kenyon Drake has done to this point, Kenyon Drake's done more than him. So I, I, I hear what you guys are saying. I think it's a coin toss. Personally, I would take Kenyon Drake. So that's where that's at. But Hey, let's be a bet. Oh. We don't do enough of them. Oh. Kenyon Drake versus Javante Williams. I'll take Javante. I will too. We got a beer we bat. We got a two beer bat. <laughs> oh my God. Those Miller Lights are going to taste so good. Um, Six touches to 15 last week. So we're going to. Yeah, what do you do with them? See, yeah, two, touch, two touchdowns to help skew your score. Yeah, well, touchdowns will do that. If I think he's going to score touchdowns, then... But anyways, so this one's a little bit longer. Uh, Mosman Morrison writes in. He said, uh, what's up, guys? Firing you some more trades to discuss. Yes, I'm that guy. Don't worry, dude. We love that guy. Uh, Redraft, PPR, 12 team. I am weak at running back. 
strong at wide receiver. I'm currently two and four. Always let down by a lack of RB1 after trying an RB and chill approach. I sent Hopkins and Hunt for Mixon and Sutton. Typically, Hopkins went off this week, but I feel better going forward with an RB1. Uh, what do you guys think of that trade? Sending off Hopkins and Hunt for Mixon and Sutton. I mean, obviously, in retrospect, considering Hunt's injury, <laughs> yeah, you're looking a I mean, lot better. But yeah, but the thing is, is he he could be right in that same boat with Mixon at any time. So I, I don't mind the trade. Depending on he says he's strong at wide receiver, it would depend on who the other wide receivers are. But yeah, I, I'm fine. I think with the Mixon. Sutton side. Yeah, if you're if you're strong at wide receiver, I'm fine downgrading from Hopkins to Sutton mm-hmm. to upgrade from Hunt to Mixon. I mean, Mixon has been lights out mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, I'm so was Hunt. I'm okay with. Well, he got hurt. Oh wait, 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 wait. Kareem Hunt is better than Joe Mixon. He's he was statistically better mm-hmm. in fantasy points. Before that trade happened. So he must have made the trade after he was hurt. When did we receive this? This is from October. This is from yesterday. So he traded yeah, so him he, hurt. Okay. Yeah. Which makes more sense. And the guy getting Hopkins and giving up Mixon is banking on Hunt for the playoffs. So that makes a lot more sense. But, I mean, you might have had to. If he's already weak at running back, he might have had to. Just because he already didn't have running backs, and he's like, "All right, I can't go without Cream Hunt, or I'm going to get fucking creamed." But I'm 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 fine with with take, like I said, depending on the wide receivers, and, and you're two and four. This is the week you have to take a chance. If you don't win this week, you're done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you you got to try and do whatever you can to make something happen. Try to At do something to keep your team alive. Yeah, you're probably without Hunt for at least four weeks. Mm-hmm. Probably six. I would say six. From what yeah. everything's everything I'm reading is saying, they think it's going to be more on the on the six week side. He had to do it. I think it's a good trade. I got no problem moving off of Hopkins. Yeah, I mean, if you really look at Hopkins' numbers, he's getting way more touchdowns than he did last year. But his target share is way down. Yeah, way down compared <laughs> to usual. It's he's still he's he's fine. He's still he's wide receiver fifteen. Or whatever 13. he is, somewhere in that range. 13, 15, whatever. He is wide receiver 13. Look. Depends where you look, whatever. Yeah. You know the point I'm making. He, yeah. He's like a, a, a high two, high wide receiver two. Sutton's been good. He's kind of boom bust, but you got Mixon, and you got a guy that could probably and should be an RB1 when healthy. Yeah. He gets the volume. Mm-hmm. He's on a pretty good offense. I mean, since he's been low key, kind of good. Yeah, I wish I stuck with defend the pass. Yeah, I kind of wish I low key stuck with my very early bold predictions where I said they would win the division because <laughs> I think there's a slim chance that they could. They probably won't, but just because I think Baltimore, I underrated them. They were better than I thought, but yeah, I still feel like Baltimore is. I don't know, man. I can't put my finger on it. I feel like Baltimore's kind of fraudulent. Without Lamar, they're garbage. I think it's I think it's going to unravel in the coming weeks. I don't think they'll just completely collapse, but I think they'll kind of I think water will find its level. I don't think they're as good as they've been playing. No, they're not the best team in the AFC. Um, I still take Buffalo. 
Yeah. For the record. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, like you guys said, he, ha- he had to make that trade. He fucking had to. Because to lose, if you already didn't have an RB1, which, by the way, Kareem Hunt was an RB1. He was the RB8. That's not too bad for your RB1. Um, but then, he, you know, if you lose him and your running backs are already weak, he trades for Mixon. That's great. I don't think your situation's going to get any better, though, because you essentially downgraded at running back and wide receiver, and you were two and four. So you got weaker at both spots. I don't see how your record improves, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, I understand you had to do it. You had to try something, but I don't, I don't think this trade made him any better. I think he's probably going to get worse and he's probably going to lose. Um, but you think it made him worse? Yeah, Why? absolutely. How is you that? Hunt for six weeks. No, 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 no. I'm not saying he's worse for trading a hurt hunt. I'm saying he was two and four with a healthy hunt in DeAndre Hopkins, and he trades him for Mixon and Sutton. So he Mixon has been worse than Hunt, and Sutton has been worse than Hopkins. You know what I'm saying? Like, Marginally, I'm not, but yeah, I know I'm what you're not, saying. I'm not taking yeah. the injury into account. I'm saying he was two and four with those guys. He downgraded at both spots because he had to get rid of an injured hunt. And now I don't see how the trade makes him better. He's treading water at best. Yeah, but that also depends on who he's got coming up for his next matchup. Maybe he played, you know, four of the top teams already in the first six weeks, and and maybe he's got some softer matchups coming up. We don't know the whole whole story. But at least he got – the way I look at it is at least he got a a mid-range wide receiver two and still got an RB1 in return for a hurt RB1 and, and a wide receiver one. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it, it's not a, a huge downgrade. It's a slight downgrade at at running back for Mixon. Um, but it's not a huge downgrade to get Sutton for, for Hopkins. Mm-hmm. And, and at least you have two healthy guys that you can start this week and at least at least make an attempt to, to salvage a season. Because oh, if yeah, he no, keeps I mean, Hunt, well, he's Like done. I said, he had you know to do I mean? it. He had to right. do it. I just, you know, it's like he says, I feel better going forward with an RB1. And it's like, yeah, I'm sure you feel better with Mixon than in, in than a hunt on your IR, but you were better with a healthy hunt. You know, <laughs> people still don't consider Hunt an RB one though, and I don't see that. I don't understand because he was an RB one last year, even splitting carries with Chubb, and he's been doing the same thing this year. So, yep, yeah, you sound like me in the off season, Stephen. Uh, so he but said, we did see Hunt is low key garbage without Chubb. Low key Change my mind. How dare low you, key, sir? He is low key garbage without Chubb. He's bad when Chubb's out. Look at his game logs. He's like single digit points, like Bro, four out of five. Come games. on, he's bad without Chubb. Come he is on. bad without Chubb. No, he's bad without Chubb. It's, no, that's not up. The numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. The numbers don't fucking lie, man. No, they don't. Look fucking at lie. the numbers. He's bad without Chubb. He does better when Chubb is there and healthy. I'm also bad without a chub, so I can understand that. Yeah, over 15 points, three out of five games last year. Without chub? Yep. You sure about that? Yep. L- literally looking at it as we speak. Yeah, chub missed weeks five, six, seven, and eight last year. Oh, I'm sorry, two out of four, 50%. And what did he finish with this week? He was fucking hurt. 
He got hurt in the fourth quarter. Played a majority of the game. Yeah, he played hurt. Yeah, he still had 10 points, which, I mean, it's not great. He was not he was questionable it. going into the game. He almost didn't play. And then he re-aggravated he aggravated an injury. Like, uh, what, now we're going to hold that against him? Well, come on, It's a new injury. Come on. Same he's not. Difference. He's not as good. Um, he's not as good without Chubb. I'm telling you. I th- he I does th- better when Chubb is there. He does better when Chubb is there when they were one two punch. Next trade, dynasty fourteen team three and two start. I sold high. I think on Patterson, packaging him with Miles Sanders and Larry Roundtree for a 2022 first, 2023 second, Elijah Mitchell and Devontae Parker. What do you guys think of the trade? I'm fine uh, with that. I think you made a fucking killing. Like, you got rid of that bum Miles Sanders. You sold Peterson, uh, Patterson at his peak. Larry Roundtree had done shit. And you got a first, a second, Elijah Mitchell and Devontae Parker? Cheers. Like- <laughs> as much as I don't like Parker, I can't, I can't fault that trade. Somebody's yeah. going all in. Yeah, Sounds I, like I hate Parker. Whoever acquired those but- players. Yeah, either either the guy that took Patterson is desperate, or he, like you said, he's all in, and he's like, no, this is the guy that's going to put me over the top. So, uh, I like that trade a lot. I don't hate Parker in Dynasty because I'm kind of curious to see where, where what goes. his 2022 unfolds. Where does he go? Is he? Uh, is he young? He's a. He's well, a free agent. I don't think he's that old. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I was going to say mid to late 20s or something like that. He, he, yeah, he's another one that was ruined by Gaso that never <laughs> left Miami. <laughs> yeah, Gaso will do that to you. Um, so he says, always have a blast listening to you guys. Cheers, Maz. Obviously, we're happy to have you, buddy. Um, Sean writes in, hello, degenerates. I feel more comfortable with Zach Ertz's matchup than TJ Hawkinson's matchup. In your opinion, who should I start? Thank you, Sean. Hawkinson's playing the Rams. It's a revenge game for Stafford. I am going to avoid Hawkinson this week. So the answer would be Ertz for me. Yeah, and I mean, defenses have really keyed in on Hawkinson as well. And the Rams defense has nothing to laugh at. I mean, Ertz is going up against Houston, who is laughable. but. I think there's a lot to be said about his first week on the team. Like, how much of the offense does he really know? I mean, Eric, are you a little more comfortable rolling out there with Hawkinson over somebody who doesn't even know the fucking playbook? I think I'm playing Hurts. Yeah? As crazy as it sounds, yeah, I think I'm playing Hurts. Hawkinson's been okay. He started off great first Mm -hmm. two weeks. Had a real rough patch, and I think he had a decent game last week. He did. But uh, the Rams, Goff, reuniting, you know, homecoming, SoFi, I just, it's going to be an ugly, it's going to be a bad day for Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a bad day for the Detroit Lions. You know what? I just kind of talked myself into it. I'm taking Hawkinson. I, I think I think Goff has more to prove than Stafford. And I think Goff is going to go in there with a chip on his shoulder. How about that? I think you're going to see a good game out of Goff, as tough as that is to say out loud. And I think Hawkinson is going to do pretty well. And I, I nobody I'm, knows him better than McVeigh. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I am. That's a that's a very good point. Now I'm kind of scared, yeah. but uh, I just I don't trust Ertz to be that involved in the offense. I just don't. I they'll, they'll scheme plays for him. I mean, Arnold went to Jacksonville, and and they had him out there for a handful of plays, but he was productive. 
Yeah. And I, I think Ertz is a better tight end than Arnold. And I think that they will scheme him in to several plays, especially when they get to the red zone, which Arizona is going to do quite a bit against Houston. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm fine with Ertz. He's, he's a veteran player. He's seen several offenses come through Philly already. So, because he he was there when uh, what's his name was there, um, the other fucking college quarter, Chip Kelly, uh, yeah. So, the offense might not be that hard for him to pick up. Uh, I think that maybe, <laughs> maybe I mean, this it, offense is a little better it's, than it's, Chip. It's, I'm not saying it's <laughs> I'm not saying that it's not, but it, it might be you know that it just might be the terminology that's a little different. That's a lot of times how it is, and, and it may be similar enough where they can get him out there more than what we might think. Yeah, I just think I think comparing him to Dan Arnold is dangerous because they they traded for Dan Arnold because they were desperate for somebody to go out there and catch a fucking ball, and that's not been an issue on the Arizona Cardinals. So, like no, I said, but they I just, were desperate enough to go out and get another tight end when theirs got hurt. That was actually catching the ball. So, I just yeah, they I traded think they're a, gonna, what a fifth round pick. Like I don't yeah, call it they, desperation, they wanted, but well, they they wanted a skilled pass catcher at tight end. Yeah, I don't think it was specifically to use him this week. I think that they want him. They, they, I think that they are invested in him, and I think he will do well. I just, I'm not convinced he'll do well this week, his yeah, first week fine. with the team. Yeah, it's um, a soft matchup. We'll see. Yeah, it is a soft matchup. So that's that's the one thing that I'm afraid of. But I just, I'm afraid he's not going to be out there that much. I don't know. We'll see. Um, and the last question of the night, uh, Scott Schmidt writes in, says, "Hey, degenerates." Maybe too late, but just in case, it's not too late. Don't worry about it. We got you, brother. Uh, what are your thoughts on some of the tight ends that are out of the top 12 at the moment? Which ones could you see making a jump into the top 12 in the second half of the fantasy season? Um, they're really, I think the top 12 is pretty close to sealed up. Uh, there's not a lot of guys that have a chance to creep in there. Um, I mean, Eric, we'll start with you. Is there somebody you kind of have your eye on that you think could could work their way into the top 12 over the course of the season? I can't think of anybody definitively because even a lot of these like temp fill-in guys right now, like the Ricky Seals Joneses, the Ross Dwellies, uh, the spot start guys like Mo Alley Cox and Ferkser, like they're just they're gonna be so volatile. And like Seals Jones and and and, and uh what's his name there? Yeah, oh, God damn it! Who's the guy I just said? Seals Jones and and Russ Dwelly. Dwelly. Yeah, like they're only temporary. Like once Logan Thomas is back, Seals Jones is going back to the reserves. Mm-hmm. Russ Dwelly, when Kittle comes back, probably going back to the reserves. But I was gonna pick one guy. I will throw my dart on somebody, and it's gonna make Brian puke. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Pat Fryermuth. Uh, I think it's sneaky. Oh no! Uh, you got, now you get fucking Steve puking. You know, <laughs> sneaky. I think he's a little sneaky. I added him in the Degenerates League because I'm holding him because I want to see what happens. He had a decent game last week. He did. He was, mm-hmm. what, seven targets or something like that? Yeah, for 50-something? Yeah. 53? Yeah. I mean, I just don't Noodle on, Noodle on Ben Roethlisberger. I don't know if he's going to be a safety blanket. I, I, yeah. mean, I don't know. He's worth a hold. I think he's worth a hold. And he's on a bye week, so he wasn't a hot pickup. Yeah. You might He'll just be, be somebody you can legit just go scoop. Yeah, no, if you held him this fucking long, I mean, I guess you might as well. No, but. Nobody probably had him. 
but <laughs> he yeah, he's I, easily he's easily scoopable this week, like I said, because of that bye week. Yeah, he's definitely not. Yeah, I I, I hear you, but no, thank you. Um, Steven, did you have somebody in mind? My guy's gonna be uh, CJ Uzama. Uh, he's I think the tight end sixteen right around there in PPR, but he's getting seventy five percent of the snap share in Cleveland. I uh, in Cleveland in Cincinnati, um, same state. Yeah, um, <laughs> same same division. So I, I think of the guys that are outside of the twelve right now. He's probably they're gonna. He should be in all season, and his snap share shouldn't change too much from week to week. He's averaging roughly three targets a game. Uh, obviously, that's going to fluctuate with the wide receivers, but I still think that he'll get enough looks in the red zone that he can salvage a week here and there. Well, I was about to say, are you worried that maybe he won't get enough touchdowns because Jamar Chase has just been so fucking good? If they get inside the 20, I think he's got a chance. But, I mean, Chase is fucking scoring from outside of that, so who knows? Yeah. But first world problems, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I like both of those guys. I think they're both great picks. Um, you know, I, I'm wondering about Dallas Godert. Now that Ertz is gone, maybe he can kind of put it together. I don't have a lot of faith in Jalen Hurts to get it to him. And that's what's kind of tearing me off of him. But. Goder is probably owned, so that doesn't really help you very much if you're if you're asking to try to find somebody to go get. So I would probably say if I had to pick somebody. I mean, like Zach Ertz is owned. I don't know. I, I to be honest, like I said, I think the top 12 is pretty much locked up. I just don't I just don't see it. You know, some injuries are going to knock some guys down and some lesser guys will go up, but it's not because they're going to do better. Like, I just, yeah, I think the top 12 is more or less done personally. You know, the top 15, the, all those guys have an equal chance to finish top 12. I but, think um, they're most, I think most of them are owned. I, I don't think. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Looking, That's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, you yeah. know, it's like there's really nobody. Not my guy. Grab. No, than, yeah, Farmer's not. He is definitely not owned. No, you, and Uzama are definitely neither one of them are owned. About ten percent in, in most platforms. I answered your question. I gave you a guy who's not owned. Probably gonna blow up, but I don't care. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! I think you're he's not worth kidding. a hold. I would, Steve. I was about to call you out so fucking hard. CJ, you, CJ Uzama is owned in six percent of ESPN leagues. Yeah. What the. Fuck, man, this is somebody I was high on preseason. I, I grabbed him in a bunch of spots. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't been bad. Like, no, he hasn't. But guys like you, you got guys that have gone off like like Knox that people didn't draft. And yeah, you, who are you going to drop? You're going to drop fucking Uzama. You know what I mean? But then you would think somebody else would grab him. I don't know. Like, I, I mean. Yeah, I mean, you see guys like Zach Ertz and fucking Dallas Goda starting every week, and Uzama's been better than them. Yeah, I yeah. His first three games weren't weren't great with with five points, two points, zero points, um, but then it picked up, and, and they, they're looking his way more uh, once Higgins got hurt, and uh, he's out there more. So 
he mm-hmm. could go back to to fucking two targets and less than five points, but I don't think so. That's kind of my one gripe with with CJ is like he has that one massive game that's totally skewing his fucking points. Yeah, with the twenty five to two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. And when Higgins came back week five, it's like three targets, two targets. He's kind of, I don't know. But Tyler Boyd's been low key garbo, so maybe he, I don't know, maybe he can kind of overtake him. That I guess there's a chance of that. So uh, I think that's going to wrap up the mailbag. And now we got to get to the hottest rumor in the NFL. We're going to hit a little breaking news. Breaking news. So, I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about here. Uh, We're just going to do this quickly because literally none of the details are set in stone yet. Um, There are rumors that Deshaun Watson is on his way to Miami. That talks are intensifying. Uh, Tua would go to uh, Washington. They would in turn send picks back to Miami, who would in turn give those picks to Houston in return for Deshaun Watson. So Houston should get a massive haul in picks. So Um, you know that like an hour after that came out, there was multiple reports saying that all those rumors were false. Yeah, I don't believe them. I don't believe that there's a huge haul going to, to Texas for Watson because it's not going to help either team get to the playoffs this year. They all have, they both have multiple holes, and Watson doesn't solve any of them. I mean, no, it does for wrong. quarterback in uh, Washington, but. No, I think you're dead wrong. I, I think this is very real. Um, I believe John McClain. I do. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, who has been awarded. Uh, Awards from the Pro Football Hall of Fame is on the Pro Football Hall of Fame selection committee, has been mm-hmm. covering Houston uh, football since the 70s, all the way back to the fucking Oilers. And support all the and then the report that it was all rumors and not true is from a guy who just started covering the Dolphins this year. In September. And I'm supposed to believe his report over John McClain's. I'm sorry, I don't. I believe John McClain's report. I think that Miami is covering their bases in case it falls through and they can go to a dude. We were never going to trade you, bro. We believe in you. We got you, bro. We would never get rid of you. And we all and know they're trying. I'm, I'm not buying it. So uh, we, we played this game on the offseason and it didn't come to fruition. I'm, I'm not jumping on it now. I think the rumors are false. So, I mean, Eric, you know, do you believe the Dick McCann Memorial Award winner for excellent NFL reporting? Or do you believe Marcel Lewis Jaquez, who was a Bills writer until September 2nd and then switched to Miami this year and now has such deep connections that he knows for a fact these rumors are not true? Here's the thing. There have been several reports linking the Dolphins to Watson. Supposedly, the Dolphins owner is mental and he wants Watson in the worst way. It sounds to me like he's almost like going up to his GM and Flores and saying, I don't fucking care what it costs. You get the Sean Watson. I want him. It's a matter of time before he's a Dolphin. It's the only thing I could maybe see, see being untrue is maybe the three team deal part. Maybe they deal two separately. To, to, to whether it's Washington or, or, or whoever. But maybe that part of the, the, the discussion is not is the part that I could see not being true. But I think 
Deshaun Watson being a Dolphin is almost a guarantee at this point. Like, it's just, it's been, they're bringing it up too much. It's just, it's, it's going to happen. It's been nonstop. It's been and if nonstop. He gets traded, if he gets traded to the Dolphins, he's playing. And keep your will full of shares, baby. <laughs> Reunited yeah. and it, it feels so good. So good. Um, yeah, I just, you know, like like Eric said, it's multiple reports from multiple reporters all saying that this is a real possibility, all saying there are ongoing talks. And then, like I said, John McClain, who is somebody that I have followed for a few years and is very well respected, is very accurate. And he says this is 100 percent real. This is a serious negotiation. This is going down. I'm sorry. I don't believe that other fucking joker from ESPN. I just don't. I think he's being played a fool. Like we've seen reporters get played a fool in the past. Houston has no reason to lie about trading Deshaun Watson. It's out there that they want to trade Deshaun Watson. Miami has every reason to cover up trying to trade Tua because if it doesn't work or if something happens or if it gets blocked or whatever, they need to look Tua in the eye and be like, dude, you're our guy. You always have been. You always will be. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just not buying it. I don't think it's real. Oh, you're going to have egg on your face. I don't think so. <laughs> but we'll see. We sure will. Uh, John McClain, by the way, most badass for name in reporting, uh, on top of taking out a building of terrorists, has also reported that it might even get done this week. So keep your eyes on that. Uh, that would be fucking dope. Um, personally, I just want to see Deshaun Watson. Uh, he's a great player. I want to watch him play. Um, whatever he did outside of football, I have no idea about. I don't care to speculate about. I will let the legal system run their process and whatever comes of it comes of it. And if he's a piece of trash, I'll be the first one to come on here and say he's a piece of trash. But he's a dirtbag. I'll say it right now. He certainly seems that way. But, you know, you got to let the system run its course. And I like watching good football players play football. So he's a good football player. And no matter what you think of Tua, like this is one of them trades. Like I don't I don't fault Miami for this one. And I'm a t- I like Tua. I think he has some potential. He hasn't looked fantastic. He hasn't played much yet, but he's if you've got a chance Watson. to get if you got a chance to get the Sean Watson, it's kinda like, oh, dude, like you gotta make it happen. Like it just opportunities like this just don't come up often in the NFL. This is like a once in a I don't even say once in a decade. It might even be less than that. Yeah, you like don't just, see a player this good, this young move. It just yeah. doesn't happen. Specifically a quarterback. Like, yeah, that too. Yeah. So that is going to wrap up the breaking news. Like I said, we're not going to spend a ton of time on it because really nothing's concrete. It's all speculation. Like Steve said, it, it could all be bullshit. Uh, I don't think so at all, but it's possible. Uh, we've been fooled before. Um. That will bring us to the DFS main slate. Sunday main slate. So, I mean, obviously, this is a big Sunday because there's so many fucking bye weeks. So it's a little harder to find that talent you're looking for. And, you know, obviously, that means you need to be a little more deliberate and you need to use your... um. You need to use your cap a little more wisely. 
So, uh, Stephen, who did you land on for your quarterback? I am going with Matthew Stafford for the revenge game against Detroit. 7,100. <laughs> 7,100. I like it. Yeah, for 7,100, 7, I, I managed to go down a little bit and find a, a, a matchup that I like just as much, if not more. And it could blow up in my face, but 7,100 is, is, is a good price for Stafford. It's a it's a good price for Stafford against that fucking terrible Detroit defense. So uh, I know technically they have a good rank against quarterbacks, but I, I think Matt Stafford will break that mold. Yeah, um, Eric, who'd you land on for quarterback? I landed on a guy. His price is a little lower than Matthew Stafford, but he has just been money in the bank week after week after week after week. Steve just traded for him in the Superflex League. I went with Jalen Hurts. I thought about him, too. He has been a QB1 every motherfucking week. Wow. Yeah. It's definitely, it's a, it's a solid play. I'm a little afraid of just Las he's, Vegas. He's, he's so bad in real life. <laughs> He's not good in real life. He's, he is. He gets eighty percent of his points in the fourth quarter, just like DeAndre Swift. Yep. Um, Eric, who did you say was a QB points funnel last week? Oh, and uh, Kansas City. So you're going with Tannehill. I looked at him. I'm too. going with Tannehill. Yeah. Sixty-four hundred dollars. He's my secondary. Even, I believe in those. I believe in Tannehill a little less than your guys, but. I, I took the savings and I'm banking on Kansas City just fucking it up. Their defense is abysmal. And I I just I think this is a, a big bounce back game for him. You know, we've seen him do it earlier in the season against bad competition. He looked good on Monday. The second half. I mean the first half they, they didn't, but the second half he looked pretty decent. He was efficient, but it didn't translate to fantasy points, which is always the gamble with Tannehill is just Derrick Henry goes off. He makes a couple of efficient passes and it doesn't yeah. really translate. But um, I'm glad you said Derrick Henry. Oh, so spoiler alert. Who's your running backs? <laughs> <laughs> Derrick Henry. That's that's why I went lower on quarterback with Stafford. Um, I was able to take Derrick Henry and I'm also taking Cordero Patterson against Miami. Yeah, Patterson is tempting, but I'm just waiting for the wheels to fall off that bus. But Miami's been so dreadful on yeah. defense that it probably won't be this week. <laughs> so, and yeah, I just want to slip in like my main issue with Tannehill. It's a great matchup, but like he just hasn't been producing. And Henry's been so dominant. Like he's just getting the ball in the 10 zone. Like. It's rushing touchdown after rushing touchdown after rushing touchdown. Mm -hmm. I mean, eventually they got to get Julio and A.J. Brown cooking. I mean, very positive signs to see A.J. Brown on Monday night kick it up in that second half. He seemed to kind of get into a better groove, and he was he was looked a little sharper. He looked a little more spry, and he was getting targeted. And it was – I own A.J. Brown in one league, so it was nice to see that. It's a little optimism, you know. I yeah. did see his tweet that he will never eat fast food again in his life. <laughs> well, that's good good news because uh, yeah, it did a number that catch up to you. Yeah. yeah so like athlete. I said, the, the, the Tannehill pick is more about the competition than any sort of belief in Tannehill. I just 
Kansas City has been so dreadful that I, I'm kind of I'm go, I'm rolling with Tannehill just for that. And you know that's another reason to love Derrick Henry. And I don't hate Derrick Henry at all. I found some guys that were cheaper that I liked more, or not more. I shouldn't say that. Uh, I found some guys that were cheaper that I liked in their matchups, their respective matchups as well. So I was, I did fade Henry in this lineup, but I, there's no way I make more lineups without Derrick Henry. Like it's going to happen. And like I said, Patterson is a great little play. Miami's defense has been bad and Patterson is kind of the centerpiece of their offense right now. It's fucking weird as that is to say. Um, Eric, who'd you have for your running backs? I also have Derrick Henry mm-hmm. because I am not fading that man until he shows me he is going to slow down. <laughs> I have not been fading him when everybody Six has said to games, fade him. Ten touchdowns. When everybody he has he has two times more touchdowns than the next closest guy, which I believe is there's a few of them tied with five. I think Daryl Henderson's one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not fading Henry. He gets he gets a lot of ownership week to week. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes the play is to fade him because if he does have a down game, which Derrick Henry is known to have in his career, he's he's known to have lay some stinkers. Yeah, he lays he some can, He can go out there and lay a 13 for 46 type of game, which will destroy your lineup. It's a, it's a wrap if that happens. But I will <laughs> I'm not and I haven't been fading him whenever when the sharps have been saying to fade Derrick Henry in your GPP lineups. I've been pretty consistent using him the last three weeks, and it's worked. I didn't mm-hmm. well, obviously he played on Monday night, so I couldn't use him this past week, week five, but or week six. But I, I'm using Henry, like I said, straight up. I'm not fading Derrick Henry. There's a lot of there's a lot of bye weeks this week. There's not a lot of fantastic running backs at the top. It's pretty much Henry. Then the next guy up, Aaron Jones. Dar- Daryl Henderson's a great play too. Detroit sucks. Mm-hmm. But my second. <laughs> He's also going to be heavily owned. My second uh, running back is actually, even if he's in or out, I don't really care. I'm going with J.D. McKissick. Mm-hmm. If nice Gibson's out, option. he's a smash at 5K. If Gibson's out, he's a smash at 5K. Even if Gibson plays, I'm not too worried. Yeah, because he still has every chance to be involved. Yeah, I, I don't want to say I prefer for Gibson to be out. I'm not wishing for that. But if Gibson is out, I like my McKissick shares that much more, I'll say. Because it's his backfield, and he's actually catches passes, and they actually throw the ball at him, unlike Gibson. Mm-hmm. He had ten targets last week, I think, eight catches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't hate it at all. You know, and it's funny you mentioned Daryl Henderson because that's my RB one this week is uh, Daryl Henderson playing against that, I think, pretty well established, terrible Detroit defense. Um, I think he is a, almost a lock to get in the t- uh, to get in the end zone. Um, like you said, he is you know tied for I believe he's tied for second in touchdowns. Um, granted, not as many as Derrick Henry, but what are you going to do? And I'll take the savings. I mean, Derrick Henry is ninety two hundred dollars. Daryl Henderson is sixty six hundred. So I'm kind of I always kind of try to look for for cheaper options that I think could do not just as well, but do really well. And I think Henderson is a guy that could do really well. And another guy that I took is Damian Harris. 
playing against the New York Jets, $5,700. Um, you know, he's coming off a great game, and Bill is coaching scared. He wants to run the ball. He doesn't like the ball in Max hands. That much is clear. So I'll take Damian Harris and, and hope that he catches uh, lightning in a bottle, maybe scores a couple touchdowns or something, and and just goes the fuck off. But for 5700 bucks. The lead running back against the New York Jets, to me, that's unfatable. I just can't. I can't do it. Eric? I like Henderson this week. I know he's going to be a very, very, very popular choice. Um, his, price is too, his price is very reasonable. Great matchup. All makes sense. And uh, Harris should be a game where they're leading for probably the entire fucking game. So that usually <laughs> equals heavy run script. When you're up 20 to nothing, why are you going to sling the ball? This ain't college. BCS is gone. Just hand the ball off. Lead the <laughs> clock. Get the fuck out of Dodge. So I, I, I like Harris. I do like Harris. It's just there's, um, hey, I don't know. How much is Harris? 59. 59. 57. Yeah. 57. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, I looked I at him too, but I don't get a warm fuzzy from him this week. As, 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 much as I hate it, I think I'd rather just pay up to three hundred and go to Swift. Just because, but I'm scared of Swift too in a way. Because, like I said, he gets so much of his points in the fourth quarter. It's like there's gonna be yeah. weeks where that just doesn't happen. So that to is be, concerning. to be honest. I the other guy I looked at was not DeAndre Swift. It was Chubba Hubbard against the Giants. I was yeah, I was gonna bring him up. Um, he's another at sixty one hundred. That's kind of in between you and I. Um, that I feel better about than I would with Swift. Just because of the, the Rams' run defense is pretty solid, so I don't know that Swift gets his fourth quarter points this week. And at least Hubbard has a pretty favorable matchup against the Giants. I mean, Harris does too, but I don't know. I've, I'm done trying to guess our running back situation. I mean, yeah. Harris could have the best matchup, and all of a sudden it's fucking Brandon Bolden week. So that's true. But I mean, you know, it, it, just to roll back to what you said real quick. Um. You know, we do this too much with running backs. The rushing defense of the Rams is basically irrelevant. It's the pass catching defense because mm-hmm. all of his value is a, is as a pass catcher. Unfortunately for DeAndre Swift, they're even better in pass protection right. than running. So, and that's kind of why I'm fading Swift. They have the linebackers. They can cover him. And if he's not going to be catching those passes, his value goes way down for me. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I should have said running back defense instead of rushing, but yeah, yeah, I, I was encompassing both aspects more for him. Whereas, like, if Henry was going up, it would. I mean, he does catch a few passes now out of the backfield, but he's Damn, more showing some a respect. Rusher, what? I, the the fucking <laughs> the, the guy's phenomenal at everything. He's so a, he's almost at a career high for receptions in six games. He has sixteen I know. receptions. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it a hundred right now. When we do our rest of the season rankings next week, if you guys, if we say who's your running back one, and if you guys don't say Derrick Henry, I'm gonna shit all over you. <laughs> oh no, Derrick Henry's number challenge number one. accepted. He's number one. It, you no. can't even make a case for any. You can't make a case for Cook, Kamara, CMC, Aaron Jones, fucking Najee. You can't make a case for none of them over Derrick Henry right now. You're wrong. What? What's what's the case? You're 100% wrong, dude. 
My what? number one is Josh Jacobs. <laughs> <laughs> so, getting back into reality. <laughs> uh, Steven, who are your three wide receivers? Did you uh, did you spend up or did you look for some bargains? No, I I actually spent uh, just above six grand on each one. I ended up with Jamar Chase against Baltimore. Robert Woods against Detroit, so I got the Stafford Woods stack. Give me their um, prices. Uh, Jamar Chase is sixty two hundred. Robert Woods at sixty four hundred, and I took Antonio Brown as my third wide receiver at sixty three hundred. Ooh! All right, so you spent you spent up a little bit at wide receiver. You took your savings from QB and RB and threw them at the three wide receiver spots, which I don't think is a bad play. I usually I do that a lot as well. Um. Eric, do you think that's kind of a mistake, or do you do you do you kind of like that strategy of? Oh no, it's a mistake receivers? this week. It's a mistake this week. Why there's is that? one big guy. There's one. There's one top end receiver. I am all in on this week, and his name is Tyreek Hill. <laughs> Titans garbage. Their corners are bad. Caleb no. Farley did not look good. I can't remember the other kid's name. He didn't look much better. Kevin Byard. But, uh, he's a safety. A safety. I'm th- thinking of the other cornerback. Yeah. He came in for for Farley after he got hurt. He he didn't look too great either. And like the, there was one point in that game Monday night where they were like, "Oh, they only got three healthy cornerbacks left on the roster," and I was just like, "Damn it, man! Like, and this is getting <laughs> ugly. Like they're going to be bringing guys in off up the practice squad off the street." See, I look for Tennessee gonna- to to run the two high safeties on them. I'm not even worried about it. Not with Tyreek. Ty- Tyreek will still score well. I-, I don't. I don't think that hurts him at all. I think it actually helps him because he'll get a lot more room to run and he'll rack up more yards that way. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure the Titans have been the most friendly defense to wide receivers. Yes. So I will take my chances on Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill this week, without question. Oh yeah, no, I I, I like it. I like who I like who Steve has to. I like his white. I like his trio. I don't really got nothing bad to say about it. I don't know how I feel about Chase, but Chase is one of those guys. He's, he's I don't know. He might be matchup proof. He's We're going to find out this week because this is a tougher <laughs> matchup. Yeah. So Th- this will be probably the, the this toughest one he's had so this far. This is a true, as far this as is a true test for him. This is a test week. Yep. So, uh, Eric, who are your wide receivers? Outside of Tyreek Hill. I already gave Tyreek Hill as as bad as I want to go to Cooper Cup, $200 cheaper. Give me Tyreek all day. Give me Tyreek all day. So I have I have a very expensive wide receiver. I have a mid like a, a mid-range wide receiver, 6K guy, and then I have a cheap, cheap guy at uh 46. Not cheap, cheap. That's not cheap, cheap. The cheap, cheap guy's in the flex. I'm sorry. I have Calvin Ridley at 6,600. Going up against Miami, who I need to look. I don't know if Xavier Howard and Byron Jones are playing this week. They did not play last week. Yeah. So far, in, there's no information either way. Even that, when they've been out there, they're difference. not the same. They haven't looked as good. Nope. But I, I, Calvin Ridley's one of them guys I'm just a sucker for at this point, I think. And I'm just going to keep going back to him. Like, one of these weeks, he's going to hit. One of these weeks, he's going to hit. And. 
I, I had gonna, him in my lineup at one point, and I was like, you know, I can't fucking do it. I don't believe in this fucking guy. I, Miami's bad. I picked him because of the matchup, and he was decently priced. And then I was like, you know what? This is a fucking sucker's bet. Like, yeah, he's cheap, but you know what? He's also been fucking bad. And I, I took him right out he of my lineup. And I, yeah, he's been pretty bad. Not and, really. Uh, I mean, he's not producing, but. Well, he's not going to boom. Numbers, this is DFS, the, baby. He can boom. Calvin Ridley 100% can boom. He can. He's going to show me. They played some bad fucking teams you want, and he has a boom. You want, to be on it, you want to be on it before he booms. Yeah. When he booms. You want to be on him when he booms, not after. I had him, after everybody's on him and then he's going to lay you down. I had him in Most two likely. and I took him out because I have Patterson. I don't, I don't want two guys from that game. Yeah. Fair I enough. Just, yeah, I get that. But I, I'm, I might change mine. I, I might swap out Chase and put Ridley back in and then buy down and take Hubbard for $200 less. I, I'm, I'm, I'll just probably create another lineup for that. But I, I do like Ridley this week, especially if those two guys don't play. And who's yeah, I like him a lot more. I like him a lot more if those two guys don't play, but I'm probably stubborn and I'll still stick with him even if they do. But <laughs> And my your- third wide receiver is Darnell Mooney, 4,600. Seems to be wow. Field's favorite target. Seems to be Field's favorite target. He hasn't. He's had some decent games. He hasn't quite had a a a, a big boom. Well, he had one twenty point game. I'm sorry, in week four against Detroit. Detroit. He he's more in favor than Robinson right now, man. And 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 Steve touched on it earlier. Like Tampa Bay secondary is still kind of in shambles. They just they signed Sherman and they just lost him for at least probably three weeks. Yeah, the fuck's gonna cover anybody? Like, um, give me the guy White, who can stretch White, the field. I think Whitehead came back last week. Or this week, oh, one of the two. Know. But Whitehead came off of IR. He's he'll be back out there this week. But that's Winfield only, out again. Or Winfield. That's what I meant. Sorry, Winfield. Winfield. Yeah, he he's back. But that's only one out of three. So, I mean, if, if Mooney 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 catches one fifty yard touchdown, I'm 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 feeling pretty good. Well, yeah, no, I mean, obviously, but you know, Mooney scares me a lot because of Tampa Bay's defensive line like is Justin Fields going to stand in the pocket like a fucking stiff or is he going to move around and buy time and get the ball off he's going to he's going to have to move I, I, I think mean, I hope so but that's not what we've seen no but I, I think his because when, when he got beat up by Cleveland the second half he started moving and yeah. I think the same thing's going to happen his natural instincts are going to take over he's going to tell Mag- Nagy to fuck himself yeah, I'm, it's I'm, just, I'm it's, not going to die back me. here because you don't want me to fucking move. <laughs> <laughs> it scares me because that offensive line is a sieve. It's a fucking turnstile. Yeah. And it worries me. I don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking you. I have Mooney in my lineup, too, but he scares me. I have him in my mm-hmm. lineup. He's too cheap to ignore. And the potential was there. So I got to play him. But you got a huge upside play with them for cheap money and, and- on the main slate in the tournaments, that's what you're looking for. Is that that one guy that's going to set you apart? So, mm-hmm. and, I, I like uh, it with that price because he gives him, you know, it gives him three guys that all that have huge upside this week in soft matchups that a lot of guys aren't going to have. Yep, and uh, you know, I also have Tyreek Hill for all the reasons you said. Like I said, I have Darnell Mooney, my third wide receiver, DJ Moore, going up against the New York Giants. Need I say more? They are terrible. DJ Moore is awesome. 
and it was a no-brainer for me. He was only $7,100, which I did not consider a deal-breaker. It uh, definitely affected the rest of my lineup to put in DJ Moore and Tyreek Hill, but I'm still reasonably happy with what I put together. Yeah, same with me. Like Putting Tyreek Hill and, and Derrick Henry into my lineup kind of affected the rest of my team, and, and uh, Hertz wasn't super cheap. Yeah, uh, he's not super expensive, but he wasn't dirt cheap either. So I kind of had to work. I had to settle on, you know, Mooney at forty six, and my wide receiver, my flex wide receivers thirty four, and a shit defense, and a three K tight end. Yeah, I yeah. love my, it. My my flex is thirty four too. Eric and I probably have the same guy. I wonder if we do. I'm Why don't sure we get you, to it? You want to get sure to it? You, you want to do the tight end? I'm sure first. you uh, both have Rashad Bateman. Who's your flex Rashad play, Steven? Bateman. <laughs> yep, Rashad Bateman. That's who I, I, had, I had to go with him. He's the only one in that range that's worth fucking looking at. Which uh, I'm realizing now I have way too many players in that game, and I'm going to have to probably work Jamar Chase out. Um, but so we all have Bateman? I don't have Bateman. Oh. No. I have Bateman as well in my flex. Like you said, he's one of the few guys in that range. I feel okay starting. Yeah, so my flex... You're going to pivot up to A.J. Brown from Chase? That's well, what you can't I'm pivot thinking. up. He's going to pivot down, right? No, I can pivot up because I'm, I'm going to save 100 bucks. I'll move, out of, I'll move out of Patterson and move down to uh, a different running back. Well, what's your remaining budget? Up. Oh, I have zero. But oh, I, I can too. I can adjust my defense a little bit and, and save a couple. Um, but I think I'm going to try and work in. I'll work in Ridley, and uh, I'll I'll change out my my running back. Um. So my flex is actually Michael Carter. It was forty eight hundred dollars. He's been getting better. Like I don't have a ton of hope for him, but. Like, I just, I needed a flex, and to get, you know, more and uh, Hill, I kind of had to sacrifice elsewhere, and I really sacrificed at my flex and my tight end spot. So He was going to be my, my Samson's, deep flex, Samson's deep flex play this week, so I I can't fault you there at all. No. I think and Rashad a, Bateman was going to be mine. Yeah. <laughs> I, think he, I think he could have a good week this week against New England. Yeah. And I like I mean, like you said, I don't hate the pick because New England's defense has, let's put it kindly, not been great. And he's really in my eyes, he's emerging as one of the better players on that team. He's not there yet, but he's getting there. And he's getting better every week, which you don't typically see from running backs. Typically they are what they are, and they don't have a learning curve like this, but he just looks better. And I think a lot of it is that in college, he was so elusive. And then, you know, week one came and he was like, all right, this 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 guy's in the NFL. I, I can't do that move on him. It's not going to work. And he, he kind of he was hesitant. And now he's kind of like, all right, no, I can do this. It's, it's cool. I got it. And uh, I think as he becomes more comfortable, he will get better. So, uh, Stephen, who is your tight end? I am going with CJ Uzama. At three thousand, me too. CJ, you wow! I I needed to save money. Yeah, in like three K, I was like, I'm like, considering what Jared Cook just did to the Ravens, I'm like, I gotta go to him. 
one of the you know I kind of shit on him earlier, but I'm like oh, this is one of the weeks well, where he should no, do is, well. This is the week like, he should. He has a great matchup. The only other one I looked at was maybe uh, Janu, but I think I think Henry's getting most of that work. So yeah, I mean I looked long. I looked long and hard at Uzama. Um, in the end, I decided to kind of take my own advice, and I'm I'm pairing up with Tannehill. I'm going with Anthony Ferkser, who has not been good, but. This is I, I I believe they're literally the worst defense in the league against tight ends. Like they're they're terrible. And the only team worse is Houston, I believe. All right, so thirty first. So they're thirty first. They're pretty they're, much the worst. Yeah. <laughs> so if I believe in Tannehill, then I, I kind of feel like I have to believe in, in Ferks are catching a touchdown at some point. And you know, he's a money saver, so you know, thirty-one hundred bucks. Uh, I'm fine with taking Ferkser and just hoping for a touchdown. I'm not expecting him to boom for me. I'm expecting him to not hurt me because I think my wide receivers and my running backs are good enough to kind of carry me. Stephen, who is your defense? So originally, my defense was going to be Tennessee, but I've I've moved a couple things around to get Ridley back in my wide receivers. So right now, uh, I've I've been able to take the Eagles against Vegas. Eagles against Vegas. Understood. Um, Eric, who did you go with for your defense? Uh, right now I got the Falcons in, but I got 2,700 left. I, I don't fucking know who I'm going to go with. Like, I'll change this three <laughs> times before Sunday. You could, I could literally go with the take Falcons. the Rams. I could go with the Jet. I can't go with the Rams. I don't got enough. You said you got 2,700 left. Yeah, the Rams are 5,000. Yeah, so if you cut out the Titans who are 2,100. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're just short. Um, no, I have 2,700 left for a defense. So I, I got the Falcons in right now, but I could go to the Jets. I could go to the, even go to the fucking Giants. You never know what Sam Darnold. Mm. It, it's it's just, I don't know. Defense is so, it, Eagles ain't a bad play either like Steve has because it, it's it's Derek Carr. He's another one. He's not, he's actually been okay this year, but I, just, mm-hmm. I got the Falcons in right now. Miami's kind of been a dumpster fire. <laughs> so... Yeah, I'm. I'm. I went with the Cardinals. Uh, Thirty-one hundred bucks against Houston. You know, if, if they can get that pick six, it's really going to help set my lineup apart. Like I know defense is something people don't typically spend on. I don't typically spend on, but I will. I think they're good enough to perform very well against Houston. So they might help kind of set me apart because they're probably not going to have a lot of ownership. Because they're north of three K, yeah, they probably won't. Yeah, most exactly. mo- most people, if they they're sub three K defenses or what everybody's playing, sometimes that's how you can get a little bit of leverage, paying up for a defense. It's kind of like it's kind of risky because defenses are kind of kind of a, a crapshoot. Crap yeah, and it's I don't know, like how much different def- scoring differential is it going to be between the best defense and the second best and the third best? It's no, you need it's a usually not day. as wide of a margin. Yeah, you would need like multiple touchdowns, like two pick sixes or a pick six and a kickoff return. And yeah, but I, I like the Cardinals play. Davis Mills. Yeah, who are we gonna get? Three touchdowns <laughs> against a Belichick defense, Davis Mills, or four picks against the Bills, Davis Mills. Is is Mills playing? Because I had heard Tyrod's coming off of IR. Um, that I is a good point. Tyrod is questionable at this point. Has he been activated? That's the biggest question. I know he's he was 
he's eligible or they, they designated him to return from IR. I just don't know if he was activated yet. And they obviously have till Saturday, but he is that's still one IR'd. thing to watch. Okay. Which I wouldn't expect them to do anything with them till later in the week, but that, that would be maybe my only concern with, with the Cardinals defense. Cause if Mills is in, I'm going to find a way to get another hundred dollars to fucking pick that defense. Um, if Tyrod's in, I'll probably stay, stick with what I have. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just think I'm not, that, I'm not that, that afraid it a little of bit, but Tyrod either. Granted, he did play well the couple of games he played, but I'm still not. I'm it's not, not that, that I'm. Of it's not that I'm afraid of him. I just don't expect the turnovers. Yeah, you the, lose the, the juice. big potential of the pick of the pick six, and that that I think is what sets that Arizona play apart from some of the others in that range. Mm-hmm. Is and it's almost a guarantee that there's going to be at least one pick if Mills is in, and the potential for one of them being a pick six is pretty high. Yeah, agreed. I think that's pretty much going to do it for this episode. Um, Steven, any parting words for the listeners? The only thing I have is the usual. Make sure you get your buy players out of your lineup this week. (laughs) I know that that should go without being said, but we are into that point of the season where people get busy, they forget, they lose interest. Um, otherwise just, uh, put your Thursday night players in their regular spots and good luck this weekend. Absolutely. Uh, Eric, any parting words? Good luck in DFS this week for all you guys playing, you know, pay attention all the way up till Sunday. Cause shit changes by the day. I mean, you got guys ruled out, you, you know, a guy might be ruled out late. Which opens up a, a, a bargain. Uh, you know, you got the the backup running back playing, whatever it may be, and, and just just pay attention to everything. Set your lineups. Good luck with everything, and hopefully you win some money. And I hope I win some money too. Been a little, not not a little, not a snide, but just not as doing as well as I want to be. But I also haven't been putting in max effort. I am this week. <laughs> So, I mean, that's obviously going to wrap up the episode. Don't forget to get in the giveaway. Sign up for our Patreon. You can win a full-size autographed Laura's Taylor Giants helmet. I told you at the start of the episode. I'll tell you again now. DaydreamingToGenerous.com. Sign up for the Patreon. Automatically entered. You can have multiple entries. And somebody's going to win this. It could be you. Uh, If you want to send us an email, like many of our... We spent more than half the episode on the mailbag. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, You can leave us a voicemail at 508-343-8010. You can send us an email to dddfantasyfootballgmail.com. We love the questions. Keep them coming. Leave voicemails. You could get your voice on the show. You could feel like a co-host when you listen to it with all your friends. Um, Start sit. Things we got right, things we got wrong, things you love, things you hate, questions about the show itself, whatever you want. Ask me ask me personal questions. I'll give you my social. Just ask. Um, that's all you got to do. So we love hearing from you guys. Don't forget to send us questions. We love those. And, you know, sign up for the Patreon. Make sure you don't miss out on this fucking helmet. Please do not forget to set your lineups. It's more important than ever. The injuries and buys are racking up. Pay attention. Not only are guys going out, guys are coming back. It matters. All right? Have a good night, boys.